everybody, but welcome back to Ask the Masters, and I am extremely excited to uh, get a chat with one of my mentors in, um, in marketing, and he's a guy that I get to spend a lot of time with each and every week. Uh, Dane Weissman, if you were fortunate enough to be part of CareCraft, he was actually down at CareCraft this year and, and gave, um, gave a seminar there, and he was just phenomenal. Dane's got a crazy history in SEO and uh, pay-per-click and uh, just how to automate your sales system and, uh, and to keep it going. So, Dane, welcome to Ask the Masters. and Give us a little bit of history about how, how you arrived here in the pool industry today. Thank you, Randy, for having me on Ask the Masters today. Uh, it's actually a, uh, a storied history, so I'll provide the, the summarized version for us here today. Uh, I got my start in marketing and digital marketing over a decade ago, and believe it or not, the plumbing industry. So a lot of my uh, early clients when I first started were in the plumbing industry and contractors and uh, from that time, I actually joined an agency out in Portland, Oregon. I got my start here in Florida. So I went out to Portland, Oregon, joined an ad agency out there. And through a series of acquisitions, I ended up working on Fortune brands that you may be familiar with, like Coach USA, uh, Virgin, a lot of uh, major destination properties. And from there, I uh, moved over to New York City. A company brought me on over uh, a media services company brought me over to head up their marketing in New York. And as I was leading those marketing efforts, I was speaking at a lot of events through my work and uh, really struck a chord with NYU's grad school. And they invited me to teach analytics and search marketing and a lot of what I was doing day to day in my job, I was able to create coursework and develop courses at NYU's grad school. Uh, from there, I helped develop their diploma programs and a lot of their certificate programs in digital marketing and social media. Since that time, I've uh, worked in the tech space. I've worked for a number of startups. I've worked for some cool ed tech companies. And as you, you know, generally hear all of the VC-funded madness, I was in that for a period of time and uh, up until earlier this year. So... I was very excited for the chance to jump back into where I started and working within the pool industry and with contractors and taking everything I've learned, uh, both working at uh, four major brands and working uh, or teaching rather at NYU to bring it all full circle back to the contracting industry and specifically the pool industry. So uh, that's my, uh, my short narrative of how I started and uh, and how I'm here on this uh, this podcast with you here today. Oh, I love it. I, you know, I've learned so much from you. Uh, you know, with pay per click and and then uh, you know just your your different your analytical background because you got one of those brains that can dive into something and see what's working and what's not working and and uh, and do it. So what what are you going to talk about today? I know you got so many subjects. Yeah. So I'll jump into uh, some some topics specific to the pool industry. So I'll walk through some of that. And I think one of the, the topics that, a question that you asked me recently, um, kind of the, uh, the what makes me tick and why, you know, why I gravitate towards marketing. And as you mentioned, the analytics side is, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely passionate about in an in inquisitive nature where with analytics and how it's applicable to the pool industry is that 
analytics allows for that continual improvement, right? So through the awareness and insights that you're able to gather from data, whether you're looking directly at specific marketing channels or looking at your business analytics in general, looking at data and actually interpreting that data leads to insights, it leads to improvements, and it allows businesses to improve that buying experience and improve their business operations and really you know, improve insert blank, right? So that's really the exciting nature of analytics. And what makes me tick and also uh, is applicable to what, uh, what anyone can really relate to is, I always think about the, uh, you know, the smart bands and the smart watches and all the health trackers that's really analytics in your pocket, right? And that's the best way to describe it. So as a business owner, if you had the same analytics in your pocket for your business and for your marketing programs, why not use it? Why not have it, right? So we walk around with wearables and devices that say, you know, 10 more steps to this next level. Why don't we have that for our businesses, right? Where it's 10 more leads to this sale or 10 more sales to this revenue point or uh, you know, 10 more happy customers to this, right? And those are the milestones that analytics really pushes us into. And that's what makes me, uh, me tick. Uh, and then also I can't resist, right? So when, uh, even today, I got a, uh, an email where someone sent me this gorgeous marketing report where it's just like, here are the stats, here's kind of the monthly things we've done. And I'm looking at it and I start thinking, well, what if we just drill down the level, right? And start peeling back what an agency wants us to see and really start driving into, well, what is actually going to make my business grow? So just out of uh, nowhere, I got, well, not nowhere, but through a, uh, a mutual network request, they asked me, hey, can you take a look at this? So today I put together a dashboard in about a half hour, built out the questions, built out the narrative and really, gave them about 10 questions to ask their agency of here's exactly what we need to push for and drive to in order to move their program and move their business towards that right direction. So uh, another thing just to caution on and, and really what uh, gets me involved and engaged and excited is uh, there's a lot of vanity metrics out there, but really cutting down to what matters and equipping business owners with that insight is what drives me, right? So really, uh, to be frank, cutting through the BS, right? And really showing them what matters to them. Yeah, and I, what you've brought to the table too is, you know, what's working, what's not working, you know, because it's, you know, I've, I've followed along as you've ran these different campaigns and, and watched where you've so performed so well that people have asked, they've asked you, recently hey okay we gotta slow down a little bit you know we're uh you know we, we, you know throttle it back and then you can throttle it right back up so you've got the ability to uh to regulate it so that these companies can deal with it and they're maxed out at what they can handle that just phenomenal watching that happen as as we work through the process with you yeah through uh through advertising that's really one of the the key benefits of media spend right so for the pool industry and spe uh, speaking directly to what I've seen is when you are looking at a strong brand presence and you're looking at word of mouth and you're looking at referrals, that is really the, that's what we would tend to say, that's the gravy, right? So that's the cherry on top where 
you go through and you build out a predictable framework and then the referrals and then the word of mouth and then the branding kicks in. However, it is extremely important to have your finger on the pulse of what is going on in your specific market. Are people searching for keywords related to what your website and what your brand is ranking for? If not, does media spend make sense to drive new leads and more customers? And then you build that predictable framework that you then layer on top with referrals and word of mouth and through the brand. So that's where even going into this unusual pool season, we've seen a lot of success, right? Where there's a huge demand in certain markets, others there's been an ebb and flow. Uh, and when you look at it, you really have to ensure that you have that pulse on your market and you have a pulse on the marketing channels that contribute to that overall picture. So if there is ever a time when your referrals decrease where your branding decreases and you're starving for leads or your sales team is like, hey, you know, we're not busy, right? That's where you can flip the switch for your ads. Or if you're too busy, to your point, flip the switch off again, right? And those are the frameworks that we strive to build out. And as a business owner and going back to that, you know, the, uh, the daily tracker, the KPIs or the marketing dashboards that you need to be aware of, that's where each and every day you can look and say, do we need more leads? Do we need more sales? Or do we need a system that helps us qualify and pair back all the demand that we're seeing? So there's, uh, I guess that's the other part that's exciting too is our work is never done, right? So as we're looking at and talking about marketing, I'm already getting excited where it's like all these scenarios, all these use cases, but as business owners and professionals and as experts, it's really a question and answer process, right? So here's what we're seeing, what are our options, and here's what we move forward with. That's, that's the exciting part about all of this. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, you know, once you let me in inside of your world and I got to see one of your dashboards, I was so jazzed because I've been with you when you said, hey, Facebook's not working and these people are spending money and all of a sudden you make some tweaks and, and you get it to work. And then other times because, you know, you are such a pay-per-click expert where people, people can really spend a lot of money and do pay-per-click wrong. And, and, and you, you've tweaked it to the point that the pay-per-click starts to pay off. And, and all of a sudden, you'll start to focus on pay-per-click. And your dashboard is showing you the RPMs, the speed, you know, the temperature of the engine and where it's working and what's not working. And, and you're, you're always weaving with your dashboards. And, and that's, that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it's just like a, in a car when, you, when you, you open those things up and you can see, you know, the journey that the clients are on is, is pretty exciting. I don't think a lot of people get to see you know, how exquisite those dashboards are that you build out to make sure that the engine's always running at peak performance. And that's something where uh, I've become so proficient at those with time where uh, I, I will rarely say no, right? So for those listening to this, uh, this podcast, you can reach out and the answer is usually yes on getting you hooked up to one of these dashboards. So much like if you pull your car into the shop, as Randy was mentioning, it's plugging it into the computer and seeing exactly what that readout and what that, uh, what the diagnostics are going to tell you. So as we're looking at these dashboards, Randy brought up, you, know, you just brought up a really good point of when we are looking at what's working and what's not, and when we are looking at a channel like PPC, 
the nature of it is so dynamic. It's constantly changing. And that's where the real-time nature of data comes in. I, so as I and continue to teach analytics at a, um, at a professional level and through academia, I always use the analogy of a gym membership, right? So I think we've all had gym memberships where you, know, you get the gym membership and it's kind of like that nice to have out there. However, if you've committed to a gym membership and you go into the gym and you spend 15 minutes per day, at least going in, getting into the routine, you will know everything about that gym, every piece of equipment, how it works, what the impact is. You know exactly that if you spend um, X amount of time on this machine or working on this muscle group, you are going to see these results, right? And that's how we apply analytics of, we look at these channels and we spend our 10 to 15 minutes per day and we exercise and work out those channels in order to get the results that we're looking for. And that's the best analogy I can make where the data is there, the gem is there, right? And it's on us to go and apply ourselves to that practice. And if we spend that amount of time per day, the results are going to be there. So that's, that's the other exciting thing about um, analytics and specifically paid media. Um, I've audited probably at this point in my career, um, hundreds if not over a thousand different pay-per-click campaigns. I've coached students in a global challenge called the uh, Google Online Marketing Challenge through, uh, through academia. And I think it's always, you know, there's that saying where uh, an expert can, uh, is really reflected upon by how well their students succeed. And I've had students score in the top 50 percentile around the world, right? In terms of, uh, or the top 50 around the world in that global challenge. And it's really, uh, of a, a constantly changing channel and a constantly changing network that you can reach your buyer at any time with any keyword, any ad creative. And it's really taking from the right message, the right audience at the right time and bringing them to a conversion. So a lot of, uh, a lot of exciting stuff in marketing. So that's just one channel, by the way, I could talk about PPC for days. So uh, we'll probably, <laughs> And then we can layer in social and SEO. And uh, I've taught it all, though, and, and practiced it all. So it's, uh, it's a very well-rounded conversation. It is. And it's easy to do it, you know, or not do it properly, I think, is, is and that's why, you know, sometimes, especially if you're trying to drive, you know, organic business in or get it in, you, you've got to have somebody that knows exactly what they're doing. And you just can't throw dollars at this stuff and expect it to work. You, you, and you've got to keep an eye on it. Yeah, and the interesting part about it, too, is the relationship between uh, paid search and organic search. So paying for uh, ads won't help your organic rankings. However, it will help you identify which keywords convert. So when you are launching Google ad campaigns, it allows you to refine the keywords that you're investing in. You're able to see exactly which keywords are leading to a conversion. And then you have real-time insights that tell you, hey, you know, these are the keywords that we should rank for. The other interesting part about SEO that I'll put out there too is you can't expect to rank for thousands of keywords, right? So as a pool builder in your market, if you can rank for 10 keywords, you're doing an awesome job, 
right? And it's really setting those proper expectations. No one's saying you have to run your business like Amazon, right? You're not going to rank for tens of thousands of keywords and dominate a global market. You're going to work to increase your rank for a finite set of keywords in your target market. However, they need to be the right keywords, right? So if you can't rank for everything, that's where you're picking the right keywords that are going to lead to search volume and leads for your business. And that's, that's where it is very important to choose the right provider or the right expert, whether you do it yourself, whether you, you know, learn how to do it, whether you get an agency or, um, or if you have someone there in house, it's, there's really a very specific method and framework to accomplish this. And SEO takes time, right? So there are keywords you can rank for very quickly. However, if it's a highly competitive keyword you're trying to rank for, it does take time. And you want to ensure that you're ranking for the right keywords, right? You don't want to find out two years from now, oops, you know, people search for this as opposed to something else. So uh, that's, um, that's the, the world of SEO. Um, and the other interesting thing with SEO too is how it plays into Google My Business. So Google has put a tremendous investment into local businesses through Google My Business. You can promote that through Google Ads, but also at a local search level. So there's a lot of toolkits out there to help accelerate what you're doing that you can do yourself or you can, uh, you can find the right expert to do it for you. So the, the market has really changed with Google My Business, you know, for the local pool contractor, that, that's kind of changed the way things are being done in the last three years, because Google has really changed their algorithms and the way that they're performing search and, you know, the, what they're offering up to what they believe individuals are looking for. And then through Google My Business, it's that picking the right category. But what Google has also gone and done is add really, um, really robust activity widgets in there, right? So you can actually post from your Google My Business account, almost like your own social network. So you can broadcast from it. You can manage your reviews. You can manage your listings. You can share content. You can add images, add videos, right? So it's your own mini website even that you need to manage and maintain and share content from. So it's, if you're spending any time on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Pinterest, or any social network, and you're not spending that time on Google My Business, that's where you should look to reprioritize, right? So within that field set of what you should be constantly updating, Google My Business should be in your top three. So it sounds like there's no silver bullet anymore where you used to just throw money at AdSense and, and, uh, and the calls came in. Now you've kind of got a, you got all these plates in the air. Is that, is that the way that it works it is. It, it was to, uh, to some capacity, right? Where, as I mentioned, I just rattled off a bunch of, uh, a bunch of networks out there, right? And all of these are different acquisition channels. Or if you flipped it around, uh, you know, we call them acquisition channels, but your audience will call them their networks, right? So where do they go to interact online? So, Back in the day, it's, um, you know, years ago, you could just invest in Google ads and, um, you know, for a while, Bing ads, and there's still a small search percentage there. 
because someone would go directly to a search engine and find information, which is still um, the most common way of accessing information. However, if you're on a social network, if you are on Facebook, if you are on Instagram, if you are on any of these channels, you'll notice that your audience is on there asking questions. They're asking for referrals. They're asking for recommendations. Hey, does anyone know of a pool builder in this area? And that's where people are really looking for information and arriving to decisions across their, um, the, across their, let's call it their channel set, right? So everyone can really build their own bundle of where and how they access information today. Whereas years ago, there were less sources that people spent their time on. So marketing is very much becoming more and more fragmented and that's where the work of uh, myself and other professionals in the space, we're actually looking at what are the channels that matter to your audience and positioning the right message in front of them that leads to a conversion. If you were to go out and do it yourself, you absolutely can, right? You can go on, you can still advertise on Google. You can still uh, you know, do some quick launch ads on different channels. However, it's really easy for it to get away from you when you have so many things stacked up on your plate, right? It's really, how are you prioritizing your time? How are you prioritizing your time for customer acquisition, fulfillment, customer service? And it just, today it becomes so much, right? Even, uh, even for those of us on the agency side, before you might have a few specialists on a team. Now, and Randy, you probably see this too, is on a given agency marketing team, you have 10 different specialists. Do I have someone that can do this, 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 this? There are less Swiss army knives today than ever before, right? You have so many specialists that are very um, focused on either social, on either search, on analytics, on display, on referrals, on community management, on reputation management, right? And the list goes on that it's becoming less and less a one person show and that special forces unit that, um, that exists today. So, you know, you talked about all these various different channels and just are, as far as organic searches are pay to play, are, there's so much content out there right now, so much content. And we know a lot of the organic content you almost just don't see. Are, are all of these platforms, in your opinion, pay to play? So it's either pay to play with ads or pay to play with resources, or if you do it yourself, pay to play with missed opportunity costs at times, right? So if you don't know what you're doing and you're spending the time to learn to do it and hope it works, that takes a ton of time, right? So that's where experts come in and that's where you're bringing in experts to help you accelerate that learning. Now, pay to play for ads, uh, Google ads, yes, Facebook ads, yes. However, reviews, you know, gathering reviews, reputation management, organic search, social media management, uh, building up referral networks, all of those are uh, more organic, but again, all of those take time, right? So it's how, however you want to classify it, there's a, a cost to everything, right? And the important thing for business owners to note is the prioritization and the ROI. So if you put an ROI or your return on investment per each one of those functions, 
then you can begin to prioritize which ones to focus your investment in. So if I were to say, what are the common threads from investment and from ROI? At the very top, it is certainly search, right? And how you appear in search and your reputation. Second, you're looking at social, right? So on your Facebook pages, there are now reviews, right? So your business can be reviewed across social media. So in addition to search and how you appear on Google and how you appear in Yelp, you also have how do you appear on social media, right? So uh, search, social, and then of course, what we were discussing earlier on was word of mouth and referrals, which will generally be someone knows your URL or someone knows your brand name and know how to immediately locate you and find you, right? So generally those are going to be the top three common threads that we see across all businesses where they find their most leads, right? So, um, and if you start drilling down into each of those, they all cost money, right? But they all generate revenue. So it's how do you stack and weight those in order of priority? That's where analytics comes in. Well, and, and you know, monitoring those three famous letters, ROI, is if you're spending it, then you've got to have people that are producing or, you know, you, you've got to see that, you know, X amount of dollars invested is getting at least that in return and, uh, and keeping your crews and um, keeping you going and, you know, keep, keep things moving. So. Yeah, and, and it's becoming less of, um, you know, there's channels years ago where you could just have these remarkable stories, right, where you could invest $10,000 and get a million dollars in revenue, right? So earlier digital days, right? Today, it's becoming increasingly competitive. So the ability for you as a business owner to go onto Google and launch an ad campaign is... Uh, probably 10 clicks away, right? Where you can go on, click a few buttons, ask, answer some questions from Google, swipe your credit card and your ads are live, which is just, you know, remarkable how far they've come in that do-it-yourself uh, do approach. The problem is that if you have 100 pool companies in your market, well, the chances are that all of them can do the same thing in 10 yeah. clicks or less, right? So that's where the competition comes in. And keep in mind that when you are looking at ROI and you are looking at a, uh, let's just call it this uh, real-time marketplace, right? So think of it as an auction. So early Google ads, you might've had five businesses in this auction, right? And you're all bidding on that top ad placement. Today, you might have 20 or 30 businesses at that auction. And it is all a real-time auction where whatever you are bidding, right? The leading bid wins. So if you're willing to bid $15 and your competitor is willing to bid 16, they have the likelihood of outbidding you and getting that top tier ad placement. Now, if you then say, well, I'm going to bid 17, they say 18, 19, 20. That's where you see the cost per click going from $5 years ago to $20, uh, 15 to $20 today in some markets. So that's where ROI comes into place. If you know exactly how much it costs you per click, how many clicks it takes to get a conversion or a lead, whether it's a form submission or a phone call, and how many form submissions and phone calls it takes to get you a sale, you are way ahead of every business. Because at that point, you aren't going to shy away from a $15 cost per click. 
you know that if you get 10 clicks, you get a lead. So you're looking at $150. You get 10 leads and you get a sale. You're looking at $1,500. How much margin do you have on your project from there, right? So some, for some businesses, if they can get a $1,500 sale out the door all day long, right? So at that point, your ROI is a no-brainer and you won't shy away from that $15 cost per click. But it's all knowing those metrics from beginning to end and not shying away and saying, well, it cost me $15 for a click. It's not going to work, right? That's where you really have to go into this as a competitive business to win that business from that real-time option. Yeah, That's I think it's an exciting part. I think it's interesting because I get to hang out with you in a, in a meeting once a week where you run down through the client list and, and you know exactly, and it changes week by week. And, and you know exactly what the cost per click is and it changes. And, and that you're, you're watching that for every one of the clients is, is, is amazing. And, and I even recall here, I think a week ago, you said something like, okay, it, it's just not working right now for some reason uh, on the pay-per-click. So we've diverted over to Facebook ads and boom, we're hitting again. And, and, and you just, you, you took a little weave with this one client for, you know, a set amount of time and, and you could literally adjust it and you knew exactly how much each of those clicks were going and how it had changed from week to week. And, and pretty amazing that your, your dashboards and, and the way you run the analytics, it takes, it takes you really paying attention. It's not an autopilot deal. It doesn't, you know, you just don't start it and then walk away from it. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's constantly evolving. So as I mentioned, it's a, it's a real time environment, right? And if you're not investing the time and someone else is, they're getting that return. And that's, that's the opportunity cost. So for us and how we work with our clients is we, we take that partnership approach where we're an extension of the business. So I take the media spend, I take it personally. Like it's my media spend, like it's my money. I look at their success and I feel that success. And I also feel the failures, right? So that's where we invest in the resources and invest in those steps and know that if we don't have the answer, then we're going to find the experts across our team, or we're going to test and experiment to become those experts in fields that are just now emerging across the space. So if you were to look at generating Facebook lead ads years ago, there wasn't, you know, there, we had to become experts, right? When those new ad formats came into place, you constantly have to see what is emerging in a field and become the experts by that um, constant success and constant failure and know exactly if this isn't working, what has worked in the past that we can then pivot to. So it is, um, as you mentioned, it's, uh, you know, it's a constant, you, you constantly have to be aware. And I, I have to attribute the source for me personally. So on the agency side, it was, um, we called our reports vital signs. Right. So we really took it seriously in terms of the health of a business. However, in, um, in New York and, and how it really played well into my work ethic is um, one of my CEOs used to walk by my desk every single day and ask the same questions. Right. He would, he would say, uh, you know, he'd be like, he, he called me Wiseman for a time. He'd be like, Wiseman, you know, how many leads did we get today? How many sales did we get today? How much revenue did we get today? And really the same questions, right? 
each and every day. And it went on for about a week. So I, you know, I thought how uh, proactive would it be to put those into a dashboard and have those in front of him and emailed to him every single day, right? And then the, uh, the response was he never stopped by my desk anymore, right? He never had to come by and, <laughs> right, and, and say my name and ask for things. It was how do we put information in people's hands so they have the insights and they don't have to ask questions, right? They are on the receiving end. Kind of like your daily news brief, right? So you get your news delivered to you. Why can't you get your business metrics delivered to you? And that's, that's what I always look to solve when I uh, partner up with clients and partner up with businesses. So they have their information fully transparent at their fingertips versus, you now you hear these agency horror stories of they keep everything, right? It's all under lock and key. It's all behind logins. It's all behind these, you know, vanity reports and all these you know, snazzy word documents or PowerPoints they send over. For me, if I'm the business owner, let me see the raw data so I don't know, so I know for a fact you're doing what you're saying you're doing. You're doing it timely, you're doing it accountable, and you're not, you know, in some cases I've seen agencies lie about their metrics. And it's, you know, you have this point of you just have to shake your head, right? And, and lead by example. So that's the approach we take. No, I, and I love it. Those dashboards are crazy. It would be, get back to the car analogy, you know, taking your car out without, without all of the, uh, the oil pressure and, and the heat, blowing the engine up and finding out later that you've blown your entire budget as, as opposed to saying, hey, okay, we're going to take it easy over here. We're going to speed this up over here and it's time to get an oil change and maybe change a little bit of a direction on, on where we're going. So um, what, do, what do you see exciting coming up? I know we've come through an unusual time right now in the pool industry um, with uh, the economy. In fact, a lot of people are in the outdoor living space. Um, as we head into the end of 2020, what, what would be your advice um, for the direction on, uh, for uh, you know, pool companies? So that um, finding the baseline, right, is my best advice to give you is that last year would be a normal year, right? Going into this year, it's going to be an abnormal year. And it's going to be very important for companies to look at their metrics as we're discussing them, how they performed last year, how they performed this year, and take a look at the variance. So for a lot of companies that we, that we work with, the demand is up. However, the selling price in some cases are down, right? So there are more projects, but in some markets, it's at a lower price point, right? So there's a uh, increasing demand to get projects in. And in some markets that we've seen, the actual average project prices has decreased a little bit this year. So looking at the baseline year over year, comparing those two years, this uh, this year and comparing it to the previous year, look at the variance and then keeping a mind of how things are shaping up for 2021, right? So um, we're all hoping every single day that things are back to baseline, right? Or back to uh, 2019 um, in many regards in life. However, for business for 2020, it may outpace 2019 by a long shot in the number in the amount of projects and the demand. And then you also have a perception shift in the consumer of uh, travel versus staycation, right? And that's where 
this may continue for quite some time. So it's very important to have that baseline, to have that variance. And how we look at things too is we will actually forecast and model based on historical data, what do we project is going to happen right at future dates? I would say for many people, those forecasts are being missed, right? Just from none of this in many cases was, uh, was predictable at different junctures. However, um, having those metrics, having those dashboards, having the data, and you owning the data as a business owner, right? So if you're under, you know, if you're a hostage of an agency where they command all of the data and command all of your insights, break free from that, right? So there is no reason why you as a business should not own your own accounts, should not own your own data and have that own, your own insight center to make those decisions on your own without a third party um, commanding that flow of information. So that would be um, my best advice is uh, audit what you've done, put together that strategic plan, put together those priorities, right? Is it build up your referrals and word of mouth? Is it focus on search and SEO and pay-per-click? Is it build out your social channels? I can't tell you, right? But what I can say is your data will be able to tell you, right? What to focus on and what to uh, prioritize in the, in the months and years ahead. And then if you ever need an expert, as I mentioned early on, anytime I get a dashboard request, I get pretty pumped up. So you can always say, hey, uh, hopefully not like, hey, wise man, but uh, hey, Dane, uh, take a look at, uh, can you take a look at our site and take a look at our data? And I'm happy to always jump in, give you some quick pointers and uh, steer you in the right direction. And that's, that's something that I offer as a professional courtesy of, uh, I can always give quick insights. And then if there's a deeper dive, we offer an audit and strategic plan. And that can be anywhere from 40 to 60 pages of business insights for you. And then from there, that's, uh, you know, those are all some of the, um, the things that if, um, if there are services you want us to look at, that's a separate conversation and we can, uh, we can certainly connect at any time on that. Yeah, those deep dives are fantastic. And I've been fortunate enough to get to read through several of them. And, um, and it's amazing the detail you get into and how granular you drive it all the way down. So um, yeah, I would, I would urge everybody to attempt to do that. Now, um, I, I want to talk to something a little bit different because out of nowhere, you gave me a call a little bit ago and you, you decided you wanted to start a directory for the pool industry. So what, tell, tell me what drove you to, you, you put this directory together and I've started to insert a lot of our, our local clients here into, into that directory and, um, and you're utilizing your ability in SEO to, to put that directory right in the forefront. So what, what drove you to, to build a directory? That was a crazy thing. Yeah, it's, um, it certainly was one of those, uh, those crazy ideas, right? That, um, as we're discussing and brainstorming ways to be a resource for the industry, that's something where there's, as we discussed earlier on, there's a, there's a lot of fragmentation, right? And I guess the question would be, well, why add another site if there's already a lot of fragmentation? And for us, as, a, as an organization, we're looking at identifying and consolidating all of the companies in the pool industry all in one place. And 
ensuring that all of that data is available and every pool company within their market has some visibility. The, the issue that we're seeing right now is that let's say you're on Yelp or you're on Google My Business, everyone else is. And in many cases, there's a, um, a prioritization of rank that you may not be affording. And that's where we've created this directory where it helps uh, consumers really find pool companies really specific and local to them. And it helps pool companies also list out their services and reach those target buyers as well. So a lot of it is, is really honing in on location-based search that is not fully dependent on algorithms or paid placements that is uh, mostly organic. So we're just, um, I guess in short, Randy, uh, the purpose was to provide value to the pool industry by uh, building out that, that top company directory of the, um, the data that we currently have as an organization. Well, fantastic. Are you going to leak out on uh, here, ask the masters today, the actual way to find that directory, or are we going to have to wait? We're going to have to wait. So um, that's, uh, that is one where we want to rank the keyword before we share it out. So <laughs> we want to make sure that we're, uh, we're eating our own dog food before we uh, <laughs> get it too far out there. So uh, I, yeah, I would love to announce it on ask the masters though. So that will, uh, we'll, we'll wait to announce it on Ask the Masters in a, a future episode. I love it. I love it. He is Dane Weissman. Dane, tell everybody where they can find you uh, if, if they're uh, looking to t chat with you. Yeah, so uh, to chat with me, you can go to um, any one of our product websites. So we at, we're at cyberfunnels.com. And just a little bit about cyberfunnels is uh, cyberfunnels is our behavioral automation system that helps with appointment setting and providing information to qualify and convert leads in an automated format. So that goes from lead to appointment. And then once someone sets an appointment or holds an appointment, we have a whole video information series that is fully automated that helps further qualify from appointment to sale that accelerates that sales process. So. If you're looking to further qualify leads or if you're looking to uh, accelerate your sales process with higher quality sales, that's, um, that's cyber funnels. And then everything that I mentioned from a digital marketing perspective is what we classify as managed services. So cyber funnels is a technology. Our managed services is referred to as lead to funnel and that's lead the number two and funnel.com. And those are our managed services for everything that you need from a uh, SEO to pay-per-click to review and reputation management and beyond. Um, and then, as I mentioned, those are our product websites. You can find our, our uh, company site at diacom.biz. And uh, I always get questions on the dot biz. So uh, that's for another time. So diacom, D-I-A-C-O-M dot biz, B-I-Z, and, or you can search for diacom, and that's our, um, that's our corporate site, so that's the parent site you can find. 
Wow. A lot well, of websites out there. I like <laughs> it. You guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to Ask the Masters today. Dan uh, is uh, one of the guys that I love to hang around because I learn so much from him every time that I get the opportunity to, to hang with uh, someone of his uh, intelligence level, which uh, a little bit of it rubs off now and then and again. So anyhow, um, Dane, thank you so much. Appreciate it immensely. Um, we will see you guys back here on Ask the Masters and uh, feel free to reach out to Dane at any point if uh, you'd like to uh, really get some of that knowledge that he, uh, he has there. Thanks, Dane, so much. We'll see you soon.